Today, I want to talk about something different. What do you do when life changes in a way that you didn't really want, in a way that actually prevents you from living life the way you imagined it? If you've ever felt like you were stuck in your circumstances, if you felt like your dreams fell apart right in front of you, if you felt like you have no idea what to do next, this episode is for you. Welcome to the XO Conversations podcast. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I often talk about personal growth. Sometimes I talk about how to grow, how to push yourself harder, how to become the best version of yourself, whatever that might look like at this point in your life. And if you're interested in those topics, check out the episodes on how to create a habit and setting extreme goals. Today, we're going to talk about coming back from something big, maybe a setback, something that shifted everything you know about life and about yourself. Change can happen to all of us in different ways. Today, I'm talking with two people about how life threw them for a loop, how it changed not only a moment in time, but also their entire life. Change that shifted not only how they live from day to day, but also shifted their identity. And more importantly, how they're readjusting to move forward. Uh, Marjorie Turner Holman, and I'm in New England, Massachusetts specifically. Marjorie is such a sweet person. She has been through a lot, but now she's found a way to turn all of that into something not only helpful in her own life, but also helpful for others. I call myself a, a writer who loves the outdoors, and it, that is when I really find my heart singing, is being outside. Uh, we have a tandem bicycle that my husband pilots so I can ride behind and go much farther than I ever could on my own two feet. So those, those are the kinds of things. My grandkids, my family, I'm very lucky. She's so positive and encouraging. We met in a writer's group and we were talking about our writing journeys. She's written a lot and I am slowly but surely working through writing my first book. She's been really supportive and after hearing about her journey, I was really inspired. I was a single parent from when I was 29 and that was a big challenge in itself to figure out how to take care of my, my children and keep a roof over our house. I, I muddled through that. About seven years later, she was managing as a single parent, trying to make ends meet. And she ends up having a seizure. It was a surprise in retrospect. I had symptoms that I didn't pick up on headaches, a chewed tongue, which is I probably had a seizure in my sleep at one time and wasn't aware of it little limb weird sensations at that point I was 37 and had a massive seizure and got me to the hospital and within a half hour when they took one look at my eyes they could see pressure and said yeah we need to do an MRI we think we know we'll see 
got me quickly diagnosed that there was a, a, a life-threatening brain tumor. Uh, not not life-threatening as the type of brain tumor, but where it was, was large and life-threatening. So I had surgery, which nearly killed me to get through the surgery. I survived, but it left my entire right side totally paralyzed. She was able to rehab some of her function, but to this day, she still needs some support. I can move my both hands now. I'm able to walk with support. There's still some residual paralysis, but it's been a long journey. I've had a lot of healing and some things are intractable. They're not going to change substantially. And so I've had to learn how to adapt and work around the, the persistent uh, consequences. It can feel like a big leap to go from everything changing so quickly to living in a new circumstance and trying to be okay with it. So I asked her how she manages to change her outlook, how she sees things in a positive light. Right after I, I became very ill and was paralyzed, I had no gratitude. I was in a lot of pain and very frightened of how I was going to figure out how to take care of my children. And it took me about a year and a half to feel glad that I had survived. And so I don't always have that attitude. There's times that I'm very frightened. There's times that I'm very anxious. After her surgery, Marjorie realized that this wasn't a short-term thing. It came on suddenly, but it ended up changing her entire life. It forced me to ask for help like I had never asked for help before. I had a real clear sense that this was not a crisis that was going to get fixed. Uh, my family is very, very good at responding to crises. And most, most people are. It's, it's a, you can pitch in and you just all out and fix everything and everything's going to go back to normal. I was very aware that my life was never going to go back to what I might have considered to be normal. There were massive changes that no matter what happened, I was changed. I have found that part of breaking through that mindset is to get outdoors and to move. And so part of that was not being able to move. I still need support, hiking poles, um, tandem bicycle that my husband provides balance. But it's also making peace with learning to accept support graciously and that it's not a shameful thing. In those dark days, when Marjorie was in a lot of pain, she had to relearn basic tasks and movements. It was not knife pain. It was excruciating, but for me, that went on for months. It, it's debilitating. It just means that life is kind of miserable. As she was healing, she tried to find some laughter in the little things. My hands got came quicker while I was in the first hospital. They started doing little bits of movement. 
Uh, I still couldn't hold a fork to be able to feed myself. They gave me paper cups to pick up. And I said, oh, look, I'm stacking cups or picking up straws. I'm lifting straws. Uh, You know, and you just, when people will laugh with you, that makes it okay. And it's a dark kind of humor, but it's life-giving. You would think it's irreverent or that it's insensitive, but it's actually the best gift that I can give when I know somebody is struggling to be willing to laugh with them. In her book, Marjorie writes, I have the heart of a world traveler with the body and temperament of a day tripper. There's things in your life you cannot fix and life is still worth living. Those friends I have picked up along the way that become very dear heart friends, uh, not friends of proximity, but friends of the heart. And we don't get a lot of those in our life. And you don't pick them, they kind of pick each other. So those friends have made a huge difference. I, I think it's the difference between being sad about things and wishing they could be different, acknowledging that they aren't. And it sort of refocuses from the rant that we can't make the world perfect in our own image to, yep, sometimes life stinks and it's still worth living. There was something that she said, and I have to admit I was floored by it, not just because I think it was profound, although it is, but because it challenged some of my own thoughts. You see, much of my career was in healthcare. So my goal was always to help people feel well, to help them heal. And she said something to me that I will not easily forget. She said, I don't believe that physical wholeness is the only valid goal of healing. I also live a life that is considered disability. I will claim it as being not what you would expect a normal person to function. And I push against the idea that I am no longer a whole person because there are parts of me, whether physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, don't function the way we expect to. I'm still a whole person and others of us are still whole people. And I'm going to extend that to say that there are many times we need to accept where we are, what our circumstances are. There are many times that we can be hard on ourselves when we're not feeling great. We feel like we need to be doing everything and never asking for help. And I have to remind myself of that too, that it's okay to feel all of the pain and emotion and grief and stress, hormonal changes, worrying, aging, and still those things do not define me. They don't make us less than. We are still whole people. The big question is, how do you go from pain and fear and not being able to move to feeling like a whole person again? 
Hello, my name is Vivian. I've been married for 20 years to my awesome husband, and I have three children. One of the things I love to do is sit in the warm sun and love to travel and to warm places. Vivian is such a warm person, and like Marjorie, Vivian has also been on a journey of challenges and forced change. I was in a significant accident, and um, I ended up with a lot of physical challenges, but mostly I ended up with a concussion, a, a brain injury, or whatever you want to call it. And I started to notice myself changing from that day forward with, you know, symptoms of, you know, nausea, vomiting, disorientation, slurring of words, not even being able to find my words. And I thought, okay, this is not right. And so, of course, I was taken off of work and I thought, oh, I'll be off for a few months. Things are going to get better and um, I'll be back to work in no time. Well, here we are almost four years later and I'm still off. Vivian is coming to terms with the fact that this isn't a short-term setback, but an entire change on how she moves forward in life. I've made a lot of progress from a health point of view, still have a lot more to go. But at the beginning, it was interesting, of course, because with anything, you go through a grief period. You know, you're in denial. You know, I can't believe this happened to me. What was that guy thinking on that day when he decided to run a stop sign? And uh, why was I at that place? And it was interesting because I started to head down a very dark place. And I, and I knew that that wasn't me. Both Marjorie and Vivian have been able to discover some light beyond the challenges they faced. It wasn't easy. It's just the way they both came to accept their circumstances and find a new way forward. But clearly this experience has evolved who I was before all of this crazy things that have happened. And I'll tell people now, despite all the chaos, all the incidences that happened, this situation has been a blessing because I have learned so much about life I have learned so much about myself and I've learned so much about the importance of how delicate humanity is and how as humans, we really need to just take a pause and just enjoy life the best we can with no matter what we have. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I'm writing a book about making intentional decisions. A lot of it is about how influences in our life can guide or sometimes mislead our choices. For both Vivian and Marjorie, what they've been through, it wasn't a choice. What happened was not a decision that they made. The decision came in how they managed afterwards, and not just their attitude, because I think it's easy to say, oh, you need to be positive, but that's not reality, right? It's not always easy to find a silver lining. And if you're in a place where you're facing challenges, even if you haven't had life throw you off your axis completely, you may be at least able to relate to making decisions that come with some sort of loss. This is what no one talks about in life. The fact that choosing a path can also mean leaving something behind. 
this is where I see resentment and regret in the people that I work with. What no one talks about and what I think is really critical to the decision-making process is that when we have a setback or a change, even if it wasn't chosen, or when we make a difficult choice in life, we also need to figure out how to manage the loss. For Vivian, it was the loss of the version of herself that was productive. And that's yeah. been a real challenge because I'm a doer. Like I need to go out and do, and I need to go figure it out what it is I need to do to get things done, to get myself through my own challenges. You know, the weekend comes and okay, we have to do this. We have to paint this room. We have to get furniture for this space. We have to take the kids out for their spring wardrobe shopping over here because they don't have anything. There is never a time to just be. It's always a rush. She told me that she's learning how to be instead of always to do. Well, it's interesting because being present was something that wasn't in my vocabulary <laughs> or even in my mind. Being to me today is sitting and doing things for my own self-care and for myself, um, you know, meditating or, you know, sitting at my, on my favorite chair, looking out the window and just having my coffee or tea, um, you know, going for hikes or going for walks, traveling and just being present, like feeling my senses, like taking in things around me. Like, those are just so important just to ground me and make me realize that, Hey, this is human life is pretty cool. Like it's just, it's just such an important reflection that I've had. As much as people say, look at the bright side. I think the piece that's often neglected is how it can be a grieving process. The letting go of who you were, who you wanted to be, what you wanted in your life. And then allowing this newer, different version of yourself and a different perspective on life. Do I miss parts of the Vivian before? Yes. Would I leave some of the old Vivian in the past? Yes. And, and it's interesting. I always thought I was an extrovert because I was very social and very outgoing and everything else. And I still am. But I feel like this new shift to who I am is once I've discovered that I just like to be alone and not because I isolate myself, don't like, but there are times where I just want to be by myself. And I never really experienced that in the past. I just want to be with me sometimes. Like I <laughs> just, it sounds so strange, but um, I think it's just so powerful when you just take that time and spend it with your own being and because you just really start to discover different things about yourself that you didn't really tap into or weren't aware of. So yeah, I think, I think that's the big one for me. For Marjorie, she also talked about discovering a new version of herself. For her, it was mainly through nature. It started with just being able to get outside and walk. My, in the early days, my kids would talk about, 
well, let's take mom out for a walk. <laughs> and so they would get on either side of me and just kind of get me out along the street. Sadly, it was a, a real acorn heavy year. So there were acorns all over the street. It was like trying to walk on ball bearings. But um, I have I overlook a lake. And so the goal was to get down to the lake. And then as I walked more, I would walk every day that there wasn't ice down along the lake and see the changes and find that comfort of being outside of myself and seeing the world, not just the four walls, the blue sky and being out there. Somehow being outdoors was a big part of what kept Marjorie going. She just wanted to be able to walk outdoors. One more change that was scary. I wish I embraced every change and I don't. Her now husband encourages her to get outside. He persisted gently with no shame and just said, I think this will help. And got me some hiking poles and said, try this. And supported me along the way. And I recognized how much more independent I could be. Eventually, she went on a quest for information on trails and difficulty levels and path conditions because she needed that information to know if she could walk there. And that research turned into a blog and a community and a series of books to help other people who wanted to start getting outside with easy walks. Understanding that I can give back and that I have something to give back is incredibly powerful. I, it really has taken practice, and it took practice learning how to use the hiking poles so that I could use them with less effort and could be more confident. And for me now, I'm still reluctant sometimes to get out. I, it's If you're sitting, it's easy to keep sitting. And a lot of times I do need encouragement to get out. And as soon as I step out, as long as I'm wearing the right clothes, I'm not cold <laughs> or too hot. Um, it's just, oh, yes, here's the sky or, oh, here's the stars. And start looking around and start noticing. It, it's, uh, I, I sometimes think what it would be if I were in a prison with nothing to look at and these walls that don't change and the outdoors always changes even walking the same place. The wind is different. The rain is different. The sun is different. The plants are going through their seasons. I 100% agree with this because I will be honest, for many years, I thought walking was boring. <laughs> and maybe that's where I was in life, wanting to do something intense, never slowing down, never just being present. And then a bunch of computer work and a pandemic later, I started walking to get my steps and fresh air and turned out to be something that I now value. Something that I look forward to as a way to slow down and relieve stress and be in the moment. Because that's something that I need. Ways to be more in the moment. The whole thing of writing these books has um, given me a different self-image. I, I wouldn't have perceived myself as a an outdoor advocate, but it's also put me into a, 
a position of being a disability advocate, of advocating for access, whether it's buildings, whether it's trails, whether it's doors or homes or or any kind of thing that is a barrier. We often think of resilience as the ability to weather a storm, the ability to get back up when life knocks you down. But I think it's so much deeper than that. It's not just about bouncing back, but also it's about being vulnerable and facing change. Sometimes so much change that it shifts everything that you know about life and about yourself. What I learned from Marjorie and Vivian is that when life gets hard, whether health-related or career-related or relationships, it's about finding a way to extend kindness and self-compassion to ourselves. It's about being honest about how we feel and still finding moments of hope so that we can continue forward. True resilience comes from allowing ourselves to feel all the pain and fear and frustration while still looking for ways to find peace and even purpose for our futures. If you haven't already, sign up for my free gratitude challenge, livingxo.com forward slash gratitude. It's much more than just listing five things you're grateful for. You'll get a series of emails for a week that help you practice gratitude in new and different and deeper ways. Please forward this episode to someone who might need to hear it. And remember, you can always reach out to me with your thoughts or questions through the website livingxo.com. I love hearing from you. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time.